Most bees make honey. These killer bees make great sports insights, but they also make honey. Don't ask about the process. From the Veritex Community Bank Studios, it's Joel and Jeremy. I'm excited about training camp. I'll be out there tomorrow, right, Joe? I'll be able to attend. We asked for we asked for permission. If Branham was allowed to attend, they said they would sleep on it. They said they would think on it. We got word early this morning that I'm allowed to go on a probationary basis. I have to be on my best behavior. I can't step on the grass. I can't be late. And they're not letting me ask any questions. I've been told. I've been told I'm not allowed to ask any questions well, to slick. You're going to have to be Casario. very, very perceptive. Don't forget the, that. the Homer yeah. hat's got to stay home too. I can't wear the Homer hat. <laughs> no. That's going to the Homer. If I wear the Homer hat, I'll fit in with 50 percent of the people that are there. That's true. 50 percent of the people. I, I will be like one of them. I will be joining the army if I wear my Homer hat. Mm. I can't wear gonna, it. Are you going to wear it with the tape on it? I, well, I'm fine. You know what? I'll wear a different hat. And and maybe an affiliate of my own self. What did Garrett Cole say? I represent myself. Yeah, I represent myself as I don't wear my Homer hat tomorrow. I mean, you can wear it, but you have to wear it with the tape. (laughs) They might kick me out. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think you're allowed to cover up that logo there. That'd be funny. (laughs) I don't think you're... I might have to get that forklift after all. If you wear the Homer hat with the tape on it, can you try to get as many pictures with people from that place as possible? It's such a good bit. Just like, like, get, like yeah. go find Bajani yeah. and take yeah. a photo with Sean. Yeah, like photobomb yourself, like photobomb yeah. selfies where you're like, this you and McLean. Really, this is a really good idea. Like you and McLean and Pendergast. Is like, I just take don't know. It. Like, I just don't feel like it, this plays. Like, I don't know if this gets the play that I want on the air. <laughs> no. Like, this would be great for social, doing numbers. Yes, it would. Yep. But it, I, don't think it, I don't think it gets run on the air. You know what I mean? Probably not. So I don't know. I don't know. I've been trying to think of a creative way to have some fun with training camp that gets some run on the air, aside from the pick six and the extra point. But I can't really think of anything. If y'all have ideas, seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. Always open minded, open to ideas. Um, I really don't want to do this segment, but I had a thought earlier today, Blankers, in my in my excitement for training camp, and I've been reading a lot of people's excitement for Texans training camp. And I think tomorrow is very symbolic more than anything else. Like, to me, opening a training camp opens up the NFL season in your hometown. We, we, I've seen Jake tweet left and right about, you know, Mean Green and then training camp for them. Like, his season has already opened up. Tomorrow symbolizes the NFL season in Houston opening up. Training, training camp's for real. Like, you're getting ready for the season. You're getting ready for preseason game. You're starting to trim the roster down. Like, tomorrow is the beginning of the tangible season. So there's a lot of excitement. Hope springs eternal. Like everybody's pumped up. Year one of D'Amico. You have a hopefully a franchise quarterback. You drafted Will Anderson. Young players left and right. Like it, there's a lot to be excited for. One of the biggest answers to this excitement that I've seen for the 2023 Houston Texans is that D'Amico Ryan's is here. I I'm a huge fan of D'Amico Ryan's. I'm happy that D'Amico Ryan's is here. The arrows pointing up. I think it's great. I think he's going to be a really good head coach. I love the fact that Gerard Johnson is on that staff. I'll be rooting for him. I love that Case Keenum's on that team. I'll be rooting for him, Tank Dell, and the, the local NFL team. So I'll be rooting for them to do well. There are possibilities, though, that exist where D'Amico Ryan's is a good coach. The Texans don't have to hire another head coach for 15, 20 years. I feel, though, Blankers and Joe, that fans aren't allowing themselves to think about the other possibility. 
what do we know about every coach in the NFL? Almost every single one gets fired at some point or another. D'Amico Ryans, the harsh reality and the hard truth is, D'Amico Ryans is probably going to get fired at some point in his NFL career. Hopefully it's not soon. Hopefully it never happens. Hopefully he's Bill Belichick and you never get rid of him. Hopefully he wins Super Bowls and you, you, you let him retire on his own accord. But what if D'Amico Ryans is just mediocre? What if D'Amico's just your run-of-the-mill head the, coach in three to four seasons? We're like, oh, just the first bunch year. of nine and eights. The whole run. The whole run. Or at least like the first few years. Well, like if he goes seven and ten, eight and nine, five and twelve, like when does the D'Amico fan Luster wear off? Yeah. I think to me, it's kind of like when you were bringing this up, the first thing that I thought about, well, it's like a, it's like a rookie quarterback starting for the first time in the NFL. I don't expect much. I think mistakes are going to be made. Sure. On the, the lower end of the spectrum, Nathaniel Hackett was the epitome of everything not to do uh, in your first go-round as a head coach, and all the mistakes that you made were just magnified and embarrassing and terrible. But you can get a head coach with the right team around you that can hit the ground running and, and, and keep your team going in the right direction. With D'Amico, I could see a couple of bumps in the road this year because this is his first time at the helm because you're always going to have a couple situations that pop pop up you haven't dealt with before and you especially haven't dealt with them being the man in charge. But over the long haul, because of all of his experience as a leader in the huddle, as a leader in the locker room, as a leader of a defense, the next progression is just to lead the whole team. It's just going to be about the roster. I, I, put, I would put more of that on what Nick Casario does or isn't able to do, more so than my belief or my my ability to weigh the possibility that D'Amico is going to falter mightily as a head coach. I think it all is going to depend on the roster. For 90 to 95% of head coaches in the NFL, that's the case. Like To be completely honest with you, 90% of head coaches that are hired in the NFL are dependent on their roster. There's some head coaches that can get the most out of their rosters better than others. There's some coaches, like David Culley, that would get nothing out of their rosters. But for 90% of coaches that are hired in the NFL as a head coach, they are very dependent of their roster. And look, D'Amico Ryans has the biggest runway for a Houston Texans head coach probably ever, to be completely honest. They fired three coaches in the last three years. He's their fourth head coach in the last four seasons uh he's a former player he's loved in this city D'Amico's going nowhere anytime soon and I'm good with that because I like continuity at the head coaching position I took a look at the last five coaching cycles in the NFL and only looked at defensive-minded coaches because D'Amico Ryans is a defensive-minded coach and the likelihood is that a defensive-minded head coach in the NFL we're going to be losing our luster for D'Amico Ryans relatively soon 2022 coaching cycle. Did you look at rookie coaches or their in their first go round? I looked at coach? every I looked at every coach, but we can dissect it okay. by first time head coach or, or the retreads as well. Because I do think, to your point, it is fair to look at first year head coaches and not the retreads. Right. Like Lovey Smith was 2022 coaching carousel. I don't think it's fair to look at D'Amico Ryans and Lovey Smith in the same light. So cross off Lovey Smith. Dennis Allen's a retread too. Dennis Allen retread with the Saints. Uh, yeah, with the Raiders and now with the Saints. Like Dennis Allen's a retread. Maybe we cross him off the list. How about Matt Eberflus? How are we feeling about Matt Eberflus? And Joe's the person to talk to here. And this is Matt Eberflus going into his second year as the head coach of the Bears, DC at Indy before he was the head coach in Chicago. How are we feeling about Matt Eberflus's chances of success in the NFL going forward? Uh, I feel okay. All right. He, he, Did a, you want him? He's when an the, offensive. He's a defensive head coach. Defensive head coach. Three and, and fourteen year one. Now the, the roster is better. It, it is better, and like it should, it should be much better. Like I, I have high hopes 
that you know what he achieved in Indianapolis on defense with Darius or Shaq Leonard, depending on what year it is, and you want to call him that. Like what he's going to do with Tremaine Edmonds in Chicago this year, you know, should be really special, and it should be really a, a really good defense. But what it really comes down to still is how good is your offense going to be, and how are you going to replace? Like let's say I, let's say I'm right, I'm in fantasy land, right? I know it. I'm Homer Joe, whatever. Like, let's say I'm right about Justin Fields and the Bears. Well, their OC is going to leave. Great. How do I feel about that going forward? Not good. Those are good problems. They are great problems. Like you, like, yeah. It's the Bobby Slowick problem. Bobby, yep. the idea of like, oh, well, they hired Bobby Slowick and he'll be gone in three years. Well, you know what that means? It means C.J. Stroud is a top 10-ish quarterback in the NFL. The Texans offense is humming. And they have to replace do you, them. Do you want to replace your offensive coordinator who left for a head coaching job, or do you want to fire your offensive coordinator because he's doing a poor job after two years? You want to replace them. You want the former. Right. You yeah. want, so, like, right. I, I never mind coaches think, leaving when they get promoted. I think it's a good thing. And I think the other thing, Jeremy, to your point, is that it's really bad because the first scapegoat is normally the guy who's who you can't fire your head coach, right. especially with, like, the five-year window open for D'Amico. So then you go for the first guy that you can, which is a coordinator. And, and since D'Amico's on the defensive side – and whether he calls it or not, you know he, he's he's going to be less likely to fire his defensive coordinator. Yep, Bobby Slowick will be the first to be out the door. I, I think that yeah. uh, I think you might be more likely to fire your DC if he's calling plays because if oh, for if, sure if he's yep. the one calling plays because now he's the scapegoat and then I take over play calling You're and the, I will be the savior. And I've been the savior. A, yep, and I I still I've been on the side of it all the entire time that I thought I just I'm convinced Amico's going to call the plays on defense. Maybe he won't, but if he is for sure, then Bobby Slowick is the first guy to yeah. go if things. I think falter. it depends on that. Yep. Uh, Matt Eberflus, so we're kind of meh, whatever. I mean, he's only first year head coach. We, it's way too Plus, soon to draw any sort of conclusion on him. him exactly, year. Dennis Allen. We're kind of throwing him out. I think that we would look at Dennis Allen as kind of meh. Right. Lovey Smith fired after one year with the Houston Texans. Let's go to the 2021 coaching cycle. Defensive-minded head coaches. Brandon Staley was a first-year yep. head coach with the Chargers, came over as defensive coordinator. Look, he's been pretty good, actually. 9-8, mm-hmm. and 10-7. and seven. You know what Charger fans wanted to do with Brandon Staley after they lost to Jacksonville in the wildcard game? They wanted to fire him for Sean Payton. They wanted him to be fired. And they for still Sean aren't enamored with his dumb decision making when it comes to offensive fourth downs and going for yeah, it and see, where. He's interesting because he's probably I, the best one on this list, by the way. But I would, but I, top two. But I would say he would be number one. I'm sure we'll do this at some point. Hot seats. Yeah. Twenty twenty three. He is number one on the list because he doesn't know who he is. Who are the Chargers owners? The Shapiros. No, it was um, the Spanos. The Spanos. The Spanos. They said, I, I read this, that the Spanos are historically very cheap. Oh, they're very cheap. And if that it was like a, like a normal ownership group, they would have fired Brandon Staley for Sean Payton. But because the Spanos are cheap, they didn't do it. They just keeping Brandon Staley. Didn't make the splash. But Brandon Staley's had a winning record in his first two years. Defensive-minded coach, winning record first two years. Most people kind of meh on Brandon Staley. Mm-hmm. Most Chargers fan wanted him fired. The other head coach in 2021 that was hired in that coaching cycle that was defensive-minded and that is on his first head coaching job, which I think is the closest comparison you can find for D'Amico Ryans, is Robert Sala. Robert Sala, defensive coordinator, San Francisco, had a top-five defense for years. He took over for the Jets, and then D'Amico Ryans took over for Sala, already a very good defense, and then produced really two good years on the defensive side of the ball calling plays. Robert Sala, 4 and 13, 7 and 10, first two years. How do we feel about Robert Sala? I think for the most I part, coach. I think most people look at Sala I mean, and be like, that's good. That's, we would take it. Yeah. If D'Amico Ryans is Robert Sala, would you take that? Hell I think yeah. people would. Because would you Would you if it, we said Brandon Staley? No. No? Because, but here's the difference Brandon Staley, what has he done? He won. He's had back to back winning but seasons. Ha- but has he? Yeah, 9 he, and 8, 10 and 7. It's not good enough. 
He has a top five quarterback in the NFL. What has Robert Sala done? He had the Jets knocking on the doors for the playoff last year with Mike White, Zach Wilson, and Joe Flacco. Mm-hmm. They are the, they're a Super Bowl favorite this year because all they had to do was change their quarterback. Like What the Jets achieved last year without Brees Hall and with that quarterback play, like that's literally statistically three of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL. And Robert Sala built that team up. He's got an elite-level defense. Like They've got it kind of figured out. And when the offense, when the going got tough, he fired his offensive coordinator. He, he let did. Mike LaFleur go, and he replaced them with a guy who, yeah, Nathaniel Hackett, obviously. Say bad good things head, about him. <laughs> well, bad head yeah. coach, good OC. <laughs> ah, but he never called plays in Green Bay. Well, but he's got, there's a reason why he's there. They, but that, let me just yeah, say sure. something. The reason why that he's there is because he doesn't have to call plays in New York either. Is he not? The quarter, no, the oh, quarterback's okay. going to do it. That's fair. Yeah, the quarterback's going to do it. They're basically implementing an offense. Of just like what Rodgers wants, no question. So which you should, it, which you should, yeah, exactly. should. If you're going out and getting that dude at this point in his career, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Well, Let him do what he does. So here's, would you want? Well, would, here's the thing, though. Aaron Rodgers was arguably on a downward trajectory in his career, and then when he finally listened to Matt Lafleur in Green Bay, he had two MVP seasons. Like they changed think, the offense Joe, pretty dramatically. I, those I watched two every years. every snap. I don't think he listened to Matt Lafleur a whole lot. But like they like they added the motion back in stuff that Aaron Rodgers vocally said he didn't like. I'm I'm just curious what it's going to look like with him. What if D'Amico is just mediocre? Seven one three seven eight zero ESPN. Let's look at the other defensive coaches that were hired in the last five years. And if D'Amico turns out to be that guy, is it good? Seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. Killer bees on ESPN ninety seven five and ESPN ninety two five. Back. Informed opinions are oftentimes presented here. You're locked in with the Killer Bees on 97.5 and 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Joel Blank and Jeremy Branham. All right, so if D'Amico Ryans is Matt Eberflus, we taking that? I'm not. I expect more. All right, so 0 for 1. Defensive-minded coaches. No, you might be, but I, first so year hard. head coaches, defensive background, can I ask higher. you a question? Was Last that your choice? Years. Was that your choice of all the choices the Bears had, or when you were looking at when the vacancy came open? Is that the guy you wanted? Um, no, but I don't even remember who I wanted. Well, that's not good I think either. I wanted Tomiko. <laughs> was he available then? Yeah, he, he's probably really early. In I think he turned down interviews last year. I think he did. I think, I think right. was he turned down Denver? And that then, was this year, wasn't it? Well, the, he met with Denver. Yeah, I think they did go back for the second one. I think the year before did Denver he have a down. did Denver have a one year head coach? Yeah, yeah Hackett. Hackett. Yeah, Hackett. Hackett. And then he shut it down. He he talked to them early, and then I think he shut. I, I thought he shut it down completely this year. Well, remember he was supposed to go visit with them and take like a jet ride there, and I don't think he did it. Mm-hmm. I, I think he had like a, maybe a Zoom, and then he was going to have an in person, and never made it, it to the in person. Yeah, maybe that there was some initial contact conversation, but in terms of a formal interview and everything like that, he shut it down. And maybe even and maybe even a Zoom interview. Yeah. But I don't think he ever made it to Denver to meet with the Walmart people. All right, so Eberflus, were, I, I, I'm saying no. Jo- Joel's saying say. no. So you're, up, you're outvoted anyways. Yeah, it's, it's hard to say because like, they were so bad. Like The Texans roster is better than what the Bears roster was last year. I is think, it? I think so. Okay. I don't Stroud know. and Fields, maybe a wash. Right. I mean, I think that's the biggest thing is like you don't. Pierce probably better than they had Montgomery last year. Yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty washy. Now Pierce is younger. 
Yeah. And probably has more upside than Montgomery. So I'd probably go Pierce. Yeah, but Receiving not Receiving core. People thought way more of Darnell Mooney last year than anything on this roster this year. Yeah, that's true. And I would still think most people would take Mooney or what didn't, they have now. Didn't they have better pieces in Chicago last year defensively? defensively young young defensive too. pieces? Yeah, they got a couple. But, like, it's pretty... So pretty similar. Yeah, but there's a reason why they had the number one pick. Yeah, true. So pretty the similar. Yeah. puked all over themselves on the last play. They lost to the Bears, too, right? Yeah, they lost to they the lo- Bears. They allowed the Bears to that's beat right. them. Which yeah. was dumb. And then so, Lovey did his old team a favor. Yeah. He loves Chicago more than he loves Houston. I think that's a fact. <laughs> that's a fact. So Eber Flues were saying no. If D'Amico yeah, turns to Eber no. Flues, we don't want that. We're not counting Allen because it's a sec. He's a retread. Lovey, no, he's a retread. If D'Amico is Brandon Staley, is that a win? I, I'm going to say no. I think from a coaching prowess perspective, I'm going to go no. From a win-loss record, I would take it, but we're going from a coaching prowess because perspective. Because I don't so want no the missteps offensively, and, and Staley's ego doesn't allow him to get out of the way and let a true offensive mind that knows the offensive side of the football make decisions about even on fourth downs. Yeah, I mean, I don't think – I mean, Staley's given the go, but he's not calling plays. No, what I'm saying is that you have a conversation with your coaching staff, but you don't you, – you, you get your ego out of the way enough to allow your, your coach's input to say – we don't. We should not be going for it here. And he did it way too much. And you think an offensive coordinator is going to be like, "Yeah, let's punt." I think, yeah. When you're on your own thirty, I sure do. I don't. I know. think there are going to be times when your offensive coordinator is wise enough to go. I love the 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 the, the, the gumption to go for this. It makes zero sense that it could really set us back. We shouldn't go for this. Again, it depends on who you who you hire and and how your relationship is with them in terms of being able to speak up to that level. If I'm an offensive coordinator. And my coach wants my honest opinion. If we're going for it on fourth and nine on our own 30-yard line in the first half, the answer is no. Man. OCs my, like to score, and they like yards. But see, my issue with Staley is that he— They don't like he, the grief if you don't get it. He doesn't really know what he wants to do in those situations. His first year, he was ultra-aggressive. Last year, he pulled back, and then he would try to bring it— like, And then he would like he would always do it at the wrong time, it felt like. Like, the first year, he was so aggressive— constantly going for it fourth down going for two and then his next year he just completely changed and flopped of what like what his strategy was so like he I don't think he knows what he wants as a head coach what his philosophy really should be as going for it on fourth down and going for it for two points and that's what I don't like about him why I would be upset if D'Amico's like that like D'Amico should know his stance on all that stuff yep. and stick to your guns even if you're wrong yeah. just stick to them it's hitting on 16 every time in blackjack you, you, you don't Play it like vibes. You, you have a decision, you stick to it. Although sometimes I like vibes. So we're going no on Staley. So it's 0 for 2 right now. Defensive minded head coaches that have been hired in the last five years. First year head coaches, not the retreads. We said yes on Sala. I think we all agreed on Robert Sala. We're all good yeah, on Sala. So sure. Absolutely. One and two. One and two. There was not a first year defensive coordinator hired in 2020, period. So there's nothing to talk about in 2020. 2019, there were two. Vic Fangio. For the Denver Broncos, went seven and nine, five and eleven, seven and ten, fired. We don't want D'Amico to be Vic Fangio, right? No, so no. We no. have uh-uh. one and three, one and three. The other head coach hired that year, defensive-minded coach, first-time head coach, Brian Flores, five and eleven, ten and six, nine and eight. Probably shouldn't have been fired. Would we be okay if D'Amico Ryan's off the field stuff aside? Because we're only grading on the field. If D'Amico Ryan's is Brian Flores, is that a win? I think so. I, I tend to agree. They're in a better spot now with Mike McDaniel. Yeah, well, they, I mean, well, they look, are. circumstances, the way that it all shakes out, can sometimes have a guy like McDaniel fall to you too. 
But I don't think I think they were going in the right direction with Flores. I think that Flores got into it with the ownership over the quarterback and you know what he wanted to do versus what or, or the organization wanted to do. But I thought that Flores was doing a good job. I I, I don't I, I think that I definitely would be in, in and take that for for the Texans. I'm I'm no on Flores, but I'm outvoted here. So two and three, two of three defensive coaches that we if D'Amico turns into, he'd not be happy. Wins losses here. Okay, so that was it for 19. 2018, there was three. Three defensive-minded head coaches that were hired. Are we going to count Steve Wilkes, who had one year in Arizona in 2018, was fired, and there was an interim coach in Carolina? No. Okay, I, I I'm would, fine with that. Yeah, I'm I fine would. not counting, counting Steve Wilkes. Two other coaches, though, that were hired that year. Matt Patricia, 6-10, and 3-12-1, and 4-7 and, four and seven was hired be, or fired before the end of the year. That's a clear no. If D'Amico clear Ryans no. Clear no. shows up to a game... With a laminate play card and a pencil in his ear, they're screwed. Two and four. So two and four. And then the last head coach that we've not brought up yet that's been hired in the last five coaching carousels prior to this year. First year head coach, defensive minded Mike Vrabel. Nine and seven, nine and seven, eleven and five, twelve and five, and then seven and ten last year. If D'Amico Ryan's is Mike Vrabel, are we pleased? Oh yeah. Definitely. For sure. So we had three wins and four losses? Yep. So there's a 50-50 shot. I know that's not exactly 50-50. D'Amico Ryan's isn't going to work. I, I mean, I'm not on that train. I, I mean, it's worth the conversation, but to me, I, I just believe that this guy's makeup. Look, I didn't think Dan Campbell was going to be a great head coach. I, I know that he's a gung-ho motivator and a tough guy, rah-rah guy, but evidently he controls the locker room and he wins guys over and he does a lot of things right. I think D'Amico does it a different way, but I think he could get more, even more results done because he really gets down into the trenches of the X and O's and, and, and some of the stories about how he's able to take guys late in the draft and undrafted free agents and turn them into quality football players by just working with them, and he has a touch, a magic touch with them. I just believe in D'Amico Ryan's enough to believe that we're not going to have this conversation I in do, four or five I years. I do, too. And, and this isn't like, oh, D'Amico is going to fail. That's not the take here. The take is more to the reaction that D'Amico Ryans is bulletproof. Like I feel like the perception around the city is that D'Amico Ryans is going to succeed no matter what. The harsh reality is that is not the case. There's a 50-50 shot he's not going to. I would bet on D'Amico Ryans. I wouldn't bet against D'Amico Ryans. But I'm not going to shut my mind and close out the possibility because it's the NFL yeah. that it will not have that to be guaranteed to, win, to be a success, to be a, a victory. It's not the way it is no, I mean, in the, the NFL. The longest tenured head coaches in the NFL, like when you look at the list, it's astonishing. Belichick, probably Tomlin, too. It's Belichick, one. Tomlin, two. Harbaugh, three. Pete Carroll, four. Andy Reid, five. Those are your top five. Andy Reid was hired in 2013. The next coach on your list, January 11th, 2017, Sean McDermott. Mike Vrabel, who we just mentioned, he is the ninth longest tenured head coach in the NFL. Like, all of these coaches are fired so quickly. The fact that Vrabel is number nine is insane. Matt LaFleur is number 10. The the way I look at this, too, is I said it. I expect D'Amico to have some hiccups this year. I don't think he's going to be Nathaniel Hackett, but I think that he's going to have some missteps. He's going to have some growing pains, so to speak. But I think that's going to make him a better coach in the long run, too. And, And I also don't think, like a lot of Texans fans do think, that they're in a position to win as much as most do. I, and you and I have talked about this. That's why I was so bullish on not giving up their pick. Not that it, you know, it won't happen in a year or two where they're going to turn the corner and really start you know, putting together wins and being a winning team. 
but it's not yet. It's not now. And so I believe that the timing is right for his missteps to come at a time when the team is still getting right and getting in the right direction, and then they will continue to grow and progress together. Sure, yeah, I, I think that too. This is this to me is more of like an eye-opening and like an awakening that there is a decent chance, probably like 40%, that D'Amico Ryans isn't going to be a success. Again, I, I would bet on him, not against him, but the reality of life in the NFL is that the average life cycle for an NFL head coach is just under four seasons. That's the reality of the situation. A lot of times people say that you are what your record says you are. No matter how much progress you make in the locker room and, and you know and what you've done to develop guys and and you know the things that you see progressing behind the scenes with an organization or in, you know in the midst of a game, at the end of the day you are what your record says you are and if your record is not good over the next 2-3 years, he could face the heat. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, I don't think we're allowing ourselves to see that. 713 because we're optimistic and we're hopeful and that's good. 713-780-ESP and HRP listener line 713-780-3776. Cash them or trash them. What are your hot takes? What are your overreactions that you want us to cash or trash? We have some as well. 713-780-3776. Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. Prepare for overreaction on my mark. It's that time of the week where overreactions are not only welcome, they're celebrated. They say Muhammad Ali was the greatest of all time, but he never fought Cassius Clay. It's Cashem or Trashem with the Killer Bees. This is your hot take. Hmm. Give us a hot spoonful of your opinion. Cashem or Trashem with the Bees. What are yours? 713-780-3776. Age before beauty, Blankers. What's your Cashem or Trashem? Miko Ryans will be fired within three years of his head coaching stint with the Houston Texans. I'm trashing it. Uh, D'Amico, like, D'Amico could be bad for four Trash. years and they're keeping him. Like He could go four wins, four wins, four wins, four wins, and he's here for a fifth year. If you were to, if you were to choose, right, or you were to predict right now, yeah. how many years is D'Amico Ryans the head coach of the Houston Texans? Oh, that's a great question. Yeah, what's your number? I'm going to say seven. I was going to say six was what initially jumped out to me, but seven, that's not so. Like, I think he could be bad and be here for five years. Like, cause one, he's not going to be David Cully, Lovey Smith, ineptitude. ineptitude. Like, he's going to he's gonna look like he knows what he's doing, and he's going to know what he's doing. If he gets fired before then, it's because the roster's terrible. Nick Casario missed on a lot of these guys, but who falls first, Casario or D'Amico? Casario no does. Question so, D'Amico's going to get, like, two runs with a GM. First, Casario, however long this goes, and then a second general manager that D'Amico probably wants. I think D'Amico could win an average of five games in five seasons, and he's brought back for a sixth year. I think I think the window is it starts with a discussion in the fifth year, and I think he definitely gets more than that. Yeah. And, and I believe, yeah, like you said, what, where we, we started this conversation, this is more going to be on Nick than it is going to be the blame placed on D'Amico. If Nick misses on some first-round picks like he's maybe done already, yep. Uh, yep. if there's a lot of concern about a lot of the moves that he's making, Nick is the fall guy. Nick takes it, and he goes down. But they're still going to roll with D'Amico. Yeah, I agree. Do you guys don't think there's any chance Casario's fired at the end of the season? Oh, there's a chance. I sure. really don't. I, I don't, do. and I think it's because they have a rookie quarterback. Unless C.J. Stroud looks abysmal, Nick Casario's safe. Is it about? But what about what if Stingley and Kenyon Green look terrible? Uh-huh. And what if they give the Arizona Cardinals the first and the second pick in the draft? But Stroud looks promising, and Will Anderson had a good rookie year. Then, like, yeah, it does make up for it a little I don't, bit. I think I don't think there's a chance that Nick Casario is fired after a year. They I just mean, promoted him. I know. They just promoted him. I think there's a chance he's not the GM at the end of the year, and like that rumor yeah. that kind of started. 
comes to fruition where D'Amico, they, they get someone from San Francisco to come in and be the GM and Nick just takes his VP job. Yeah. But then D'Amico's even more safe. Like, right. Like, it doesn't change anything. I, I think he's here for more than six. I think seven's is the, the first number that came to my mind. Just, you know, honestly, it's just if he's above average, Cal is not going to let him go. No. It's so hard to fire someone like D'Amico. Like, look how long it took Georgetown to get rid of Pat Ewing. And he was trash. It's the cachet of played here, adored here, when he played here, leader here, before he even got back here. And then because of the missteps with the other two guys, too, it just solidified even more. Get one of us back in the building with a guy that has all the characteristics that we've always loved and wanted to have as a head coach after being that as a player. Yep. Yeah, it's exactly all of that. So I, I think it'll be. I think he'll get a second contract with the Texans. I think he's going to kill the average life expectancy of a head coach, which is four years. He's going to he's going to shatter yeah. that. Uh, Mike Casham or Trasham? We saw the Open Championship over the weekend. Brian Harmon, congrats, Brian Harmon, the Open Champion. I have a new way to define the greats in golf. In order to be an all-time golf great, you need to win at least two majors. These these fluke one year runs. Look, Brian Harmon, love him, love him as a golfer. I don't think he's going to win a second. You've had like Mike Weir, you've had Danny Willett. You get random one major champions all the time in golf. In order to be an all time great in the sport of golf, you need at least at minimum two major titles. You know what? John Daly had two major titles. I don't think John Daly is a all time great. Yeah, you're kind of. You're kind of strawmanning this. The greats in golf, if we're going to say somebody's a great, they need at least two. I'm oh, not saying sure. somebody who has two is now a great. I'm saying in order to be Consider. a great in golf, considered as a great in golf, it requires at least two major champions. Anyone with one, not even up for discussion. I will I will cash that because my thing is to consider. I'm not going to make someone great just because they you win. Do more. They win two majors, but if they string other tournaments together and they show that they're constantly – you know, top 10-ish and FedEx Cup points and all the things that go with being a sustained run of one of the better players in golf. Yeah, say so he's a great golfer. Might even be able to go up to three. I, that, I, I also was going to... I'm going to trash it. The one, the one because timers, your bar is too low. Maybe it's three. I think it should be three. Maybe it's three. Now, if you do three, you're getting, wi- you're getting rid of some major champions such as Fuzzy Zeller... Such as Lee Jansen. I'm saying some names right now. No yeah, I don't think up. Lee Jansen was ever great. Johnny Miller was a two-time Johnny major Miller, champion. Johnny Miller, a lot of people consider. Greg Norman was a two-time major champion. Choker. Bernard Longer was a three-time major champion. Like, you're you're getting rid of some really good names now at two. We said Longer was a three-time champion? Two. Oh. Greg Norman, two-time champion. But Johnny still, Miller, two-time so champion. There's so many guys that even have three. I think golf is the one sport that... I think the GOAT argument or, like, great argument has become so overdone because of, like, first take in those shows. Oh, yeah. But golf, specifically, the word great gets thrown around too much. I agree with that. Like, we call some of these young guys great, and then they stink. I do. I think the big thing is... Jordan Spieth. Spieth is great. Jordan Spieth has already had a great career as a golfer. He's a three-time major champion. But he hasn't been great in, like, a while. You know why? Because people put him in an unfair category of being the next close to Tiger. Yeah, that's probably fair. Because of his age and when he started winning, when he got the majors, people put him in an unfair category next to Tiger, 
and then no matter what you do, you're going to fall short. He also started really, really hot, and then like didn't yeah. sustain that standard that he set for Plus himself. Plus, he choked off yeah. the Masters that year when he dumped it in the water and had the lead and kept faltering. He still won three titles. He's won. No, I'm not taking anything away from. Like, him, but he's you know had what I'm a saying. great career. Everybody saw the eye of the tiger in Tiger, where he when he saw smelled blood in the water. He was ruthless. Yeah, but Tiger also doesn't have a ton of, like, come-from-behind major championships. Like, almost every single one, I think all of them, actually, he was leading going into the final round. I would say that's not his fault. He just, he, he was he was playing at But he's had multiple level. others where he's had a chance to catch up behind. the only time that he, he, well, there was two. There was Y.E. Yang, wasn't there? And then there was the, was it Bob May when he lost the the playoff? Yeah, he lost to May. Yeah. Bob May held him yeah. off. But other than that, I mean, you look at it, and I think that's the unfair thing is everybody's first barometer for greatness is how do you measure up to Tiger? Yeah. Well, no one does. See, there's two all-time greats, Jack and Tiger. Jack and Tiger, and that's it. That's, like, that's tier one. So if that's like if, if that's your bar for great, then those are the only two great golfers. Like, that's it. That's it. That's why See, my bar is not that. Kepka can win the majors, but I don't think he consistently wins the other tournaments. But you can't take away the fact that he's had a great run here yeah, for the I last... Would- Seven to ten years. I would say Kepka already has a great resume. Yeah, because of, because of the fact that even if he does any nothing else, he is nails when it comes to U.S. Opens and and you know major. All right, what you got, Joe George? This will be the first year in his career that Mike Tomlin finishes below five hundred. It's never happened before. I'm a, I'm going to cash that. AFC's so good. he's in a tough. AFC's tough. His division's tough. Can he pick it? It's not someone that I fully believe in. Can't wear gloves and be a good quarterback. I just, I, I think, I think this is Name probably, one. you know, and, and look, nothing. Peyton Manning? Take nothing away from Tomlin. He was old. Tomlin, really, really, really good and great run. One of the best we've seen do it in the in recent history. I, I just think that it happens to everybody. I, I think you're right, Joe. I'm cashing it. I don't think they get to 500. I mean, the run is incredible. It the, is. Like, He's the second longest tenure coach in the NFL, and he's never been below five hundred. I'm gonna, I'm gonna. You said he's not gonna finish. He's gonna above finish. Bo- he's gonna finish below five hundred. I'm gonna trash it. The AFC, the AFC's tough. He's gonna find a way. You, you know what? You think he'll go nine and eight no, again? No, he's gonna go eight, eight and one. He's gonna go eight, <laughs> eight and one to avoid the sub five hundred record. Plus, they should be better. Kenny Pickett year two. He's got some weapons with Pickens and Deontay Johnson. You hope the offensive line's upgraded. You hope the defense is good enough. I think Najee Harris is fine as a running back. Like they got some pieces. AFC's hard. The line is key because Najee Harris could be a good running back in this league, but he's had a crap offensive line to play behind. Yeah, he had nowhere to go last yeah, year. They got to do something. With what that is line. their win total? Eight and a half. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Death taxes and Tomlin finishing right around five hundred. It's uh, incredible. Here's a few from the textures. Nine five zero one. Cash or trash? Celtics will never win a ring with Brown and Tatum. Trash. You think they're going to win one? Trash. I'm going to cash this. I don't think they're going to win one. I'm going to cash it. All right, four zero seven two. Cash or trash? Yankees missed the playoffs this year. Trash. Manfred won't let it happen. Trash. I'm, I'm like, cashing this. I cash. Like they better get Aaron Judge back tomorrow. Like Man- they Manfred are won't let falling. it happen. You're, you, I understand. Like, there's a good point. I'm cashing this. They're going to miss the playoffs. I think it doesn't they seem the like playoff. Judge is close to being back. They missed the playoffs because the the Rays. The Rangers Orioles? are better teams. How about the Orioles? Or, well, the Orioles will win their division. How about the Blue Jays? Yeah, I think the Blue Jays and the Rangers will be the wild card teams. Are with the Red the Sox Rays. better? Red Sox, Red Sox are getting Story back soon. <laughs> okay, great. You don't like Story? No, he sucks. He's okay. He's Jeremy's over. Been, Jerry's been anti Story from the time he hit the He's agents. like, I mean, he's bad for his he's contract. He's overpaid. Like, yeah, people he, wanted to pay him $100 million to come to Houston. I left everybody. 
out. I love that people were like, pay him to play center field. Oh, yeah, it's pretty funny. Uh, two more. One eight seven two cash or trash. When it's all said and done, Ryan's will finish with the most wins in Texans history. The most? What's Bill O'Brien got? Because that's the most, right? He has more than than Kubiak, doesn't he? I'm gonna cash this. Yeah, this gonna, not that cash. high of a. I think bar. I'm gonna cash it as well. How many? I needed to figure out how many wins O'Brien had here, real quick. Bill O'Brien had 52 wins. He did that in six years. Yeah, I'm gonna cash that. Mm-hmm. D'Amico. D'Amico Ryans gets the Texans to their first ever AFC Championship game. Well, I'm trashing that. I'll cash the first Trash. I'll cash the D'Amico because his runway's so long. You don't think D'Amico's going to get to an AFC title game? It's hard, man. It's hard, to win. it's hard to get the title games. Texans have never done it in franchise history. They've been alive for over 20 years. Keith from L.A., cash or trash? Pizza's overrated. Trash. Trash. Oh, wait, Keith. I'm Keith. cashing this. I know. You're not a pizza guy. That's your fault. I mean, pizza's amazing. <laughs> Jeremy. I'm sorry. Give me, give me Texas barbecue. Give me some Tex-Mex. Give me some sushi. Look, I, I'm not, I'm not going to say no to pizza. I never crave pizza, unless it's Chicago and I'm going to Pequod's. But I, I take. I'd rather have Pequod's wings. Your, your love for wings is why I get it because it's always that. I love wings. Go to Frankie's. Get wings. Love wings. Like whatever, Pequod's was on. Like, uh, Pequod's was on Bear. It was on Bear. That was awesome. Yeah. That we walked into the pizza place. I was like, please be Pequods. Pequods. I was pumped up. All right, that does it for Cash Them or Trash Them. If you have any more things, do you want cashed or trash? Tweet them at Pac-Man Joel. Here's a question I have for you, listener. Do you still care about Deshaun Watson? 713-780-ESPN. HRP listener line. Killer Bees, ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. Something that you should care about if you're a business owner is your employees. Right? That should be at the forefront of your mind. My call, a U of H class of 1990, go Cougs, has been protecting the interest of your business for nearly 25 years, kind of like he used to protect Heisman Trophy winners. HRP provides comprehensive human capital management services, including HR compliance, benefits in, uh, administration, and payroll. HRP will also work with you to customize a plan for whatever you need. There's nothing cookie cutter about HRP. You need a little help, you need a lot of help, anything in between. HRP will create a plan for what you and your business business needs. Also, their customer service is second to none. It isn't a stranger on the other side of the line. You'll be calling someone who is familiar with you, familiar with your company. I can speak to the customer service and how good it is. Anytime I have a question, I always get a quick response. That's easy to understand. I emailed them yesterday, actually. I got a new checking account, wanted to change my direct deposit. HRP was all over it. They did it quick, and I am thankful for that. So take care of your employees because they'll like HRP as well. Let HRP take on the demands of human resources and eliminate your HR burden so you can get back to growing your businesses. Give them a call at 281-880-6525 and let HRP customize a plan for you. 281-880-6525 or check them out at hrp.net. That's hrp.net. Welcome back to the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5. Killer Bees are also known as Africanized Bees. And we all know there's nothing Africanized about these two guys. It's Joel Blank and Jeremy Branham. What a false narrative that Spencer Tillman is portraying on the Killer Bees. 3%. You know who else is claiming that the, the media is uh, drawing these false narratives? Did you hear what uh, Deshaun Watson said? I think it was yeah. yesterday. Yeah. His mom was sick when he was young. He didn't have a dad in his life. Woo is me. Woe is me. The sexual misconducts. It's all a media narrative. I'm just going to go back to being the great guy that I know that I am. He's just trying to massage the situation to go his direction. Well done. Thank you. 
Are you going to add on to that? Are you just leaving that right I, there? I, I'm going to leave it right there. <laughs> um, I, I think he's a narcissist, to be completely honest with you. I'm glad he's no longer here. The question that I have for all of you, 713-780-3776, HRMP listener line, do you still care about Deshaun? Now, it's important to note, care doesn't always mean that you're caring for him in a positive right. way, right? It doesn't mean that you love him. It doesn't mean that you like him. It means that you have intrigue with whatever is happening with what he's saying, what's happening with the Browns on the field, his career post-Texans. I'm not saying career with like an affinity to a positive notion. I'm saying, are you still paying attention well, they have to, to what's going on year. in Cleveland? I think so, For too. this year because of that pick, because you gave away your own pick, and you're so focused on the pick from the Browns, you have to care for at least one more year. Sure, you'd like to try and forget everything that he did negatively and how it ended and the way he was when he was here. But for one more season, you can't help but root against him, hope he craps the bed, and hope at least he does one solid for the city of Houston and the franchise by being so bad that their pick becomes better or as bad as whatever the Tex- wherever the Texans finish. Yep. So you can't help but care at least one more year. Day one, Donna, na-na-na, glad he's gone. Uh, Risk says, I miss watching him play. Lamont on Twitter says, uh, F Deshaun Watson, I'm more upset with myself for falling for that pervert phony. Uh, appreciate the strong take there, Lamont. I will I'll, Look, I'll say it. I will say it. I will forever care about Deshaun Watson because I want to see how the career plays out. I want to see if the Texans were right in all of this. I want to see if the Texans were like kind of screwed in the whole situation. If Deshaun Watson, and look, he wasn't great last year. If Deshaun Watson, and I don't mean care in a good way. I hope nothing good for Deshaun Watson. I want nothing bad, nothing but bad for Deshaun Watson. But I'm, I'm very interested about Deshaun Watson's post-career after the Houston Texans. Is Deshaun Watson going to be a top-five quarterback in Cleveland? Is Deshaun Watson going to be a top-five quarterback in Cleveland after he demanded a trade from the Houston Texans and then did all the pervert, sexual misconducty things that Deshaun Watson did? But I believe that I'm speaking for everybody that's a Texans fan. We are going to be watching the rest of Deshaun Watson's career no matter what because he is the ex that either scorned you or the ex that you were happy that left, but you're very interested how their career, life, career, plays out the rest of the way. In life, the scoreboard's never turned off. And so, therefore, you're always going to be keeping tabs and checking the box scores and trying to see how it's all playing out. You want them to fail miserably. You want to say you won the deal at the end of the day and got out of it, wiped your hands of it, didn't pay him what he got overpaid to do the rest of his career and that you were the bigger, better organization and and had the results as a team than where he ended up going. So it's like an X. You know, with most people, you never stop watching the scoreboard with your X. How'd they turn out? Who they dating since then? Did they get, you know, where are they at now in life as opposed to where were they when you were with them? You want to say, oh, they're done. I'm done with them. I'll never think about them again, and I'll, I'll never even worry about what they're doing. But at the end of the day, that's what that's what happens in life. So the scoreboard's never turned off. Therefore, you're always going to be keeping a side eye to what he's doing. Yeah, and I don't think it's a bad thing either. Like you, you make the point about how 
like you don't own Cleveland's you do own Cleveland draft you pick. Do. You own Cleveland's draft pick next year. So you're going to be very invested with how the Cleveland Browns are playing next year and obviously when you're invested how a team's playing and it's heavily influenced by the quarterback of said team and also you're just going to pay attention to the rest of his career. You paid attention to DeAndre Hopkins once he went away, you paid attention to Andre Johnson and those weren't as bad a breakups as the one that you had. Those didn't have court cases along the way as well with DeAndre Hopkins and Andre Johnson. Like you were invested with JJ Watt once he left the Houston Texans. We still anytime that we we see like Xavier Suafila like pop up blocking for some random team. Oh, he used to be a former Texan. You're always going to have intrigue on a former player and especially one as high profile as Deshaun Watson. And you want to validate the trade. You also want to validate the trade too that Exactly. You, you know, from the position you were in to do what you did and had, as, as scrutinized as it was, it helps to validate that you made the right move when you made the trade when you did. You're going to be great in the trade. Yeah. You're, you, you always do that. I mean, we, we, every single trade that is made in Houston sports, we always take a look back. Oh, was that a win? We do a Trey Mancini and the Jose Siri trade. Sure. Like, you look back at every single trade. And in order to look back at a trade, you have to be paying attention to that player's career. So if you say that you don't care, and, I, and again, this is not a positive thing about Deshaun. Whenever you say you care about Deshaun, I'm not saying that you care deeply and hope for good things and happiness for Deshaun Watson. But you care about the rest of his career. I think every Texans fan cares the, about the rest of Deshaun Watson's career, especially in Cleveland. I think they care because 90% just want him to fail. Like Absolutely. It's, it's not like, you know, Springer and Correa and some of these guys. He He's almost in the, you know, it's different reasons, but I think people would put him, like him and Garrett Cole, in the same category. Like, you want them to go to their new team, and you want them to fail because they didn't want to be here. It's not like the guys who walked because you. yeah. you're, we, we, the Astros broke up with George Springer. They broke up with Carlos Correa. This guy dumped you. How about Garrett and, Cole? Like yeah, when Garrett, Garrett Cole, Cole pitches poorly, we're like, oh yeah, that's yep, good. Exactly, that's really good. We I mean, still, we still, we still have thoughts about Carlos Beltran James leaving the, the Astros. People love when James Harden sucks. You're always going to care about former players, and there, especially uh, the higher profile they are. And there's also a, a small but very loud and obnoxious group that still defends Deshaun Watson on Texans Twitter. Yeah. And those people will always kind of rev up the fan base whenever Watson does anything well. But it also is going to matter. Like, if Watson succeeds and Stroud fails, like, it's going to be something to watch. And the comparisons will always be there because, like, when, when we start talking contracts, Deshaun Watson's name is going to always come up with C.J. Stroud. Like, let's see if C.J. Stroud's good. It's always going to come up. You can't let David Mula get a do to the Texans what he did to the Texans with Deshaun Watson's contract and give CJ a, a no trade clause because like, you can't trust that guy. Look, we still care what Bill O'Brien's up to. We do. We care that he's the OC at yeah. Alabama. We care that he's the OC, OC now at in New England. England. Yeah. I think the like there are some ties with Stroud and Watson too. The eight they have a common agent, and David Mulligetta has been probably is toxic Texas a fair fans, word. Yeah, they don't like that name. That's they, a, I mean it's a yeah. toxic. I, I would say. And I understand that Mulligetta's job is to get the most money for his players, and like I appreciate that, I guess. I respect that, I guess. But if there's one agent you don't want to be in bed with and that I would describe as toxic in the NFL, it's the agent that has his clients showing up to camp in a Brinks truck trying to either get more money or demand a trade. Well, he's been known, and he's trying to change this narrative now, is he's the guy that's the deal breaker. He's the guy that gets you out of the big deal with multiple years and lots of money on the table and he gets you out and gets you where you want to go. 
And as much as he thought that was a positive early, it's a horrible look that organizations and general managers don't want any part of. And so that's something that he's got to deal with. But you're right. It's a very, very interesting dynamic right now to have the guy that really is frowned upon by most Texans fans because he represented Deshaun, now representing your future, now representing your future quarterback that you're hoping to God turns out to be better than and a better fit than Deshaun Watson. And it's icky whenever Deshaun Watson sits behind a podium and a microphone and is like, oh, the media built up this narrative. I'm a good guy. I'm going to be a good guy for the rest of my life. And because you do have feelings about that, because you have emotions about that, shows that you care. It's negative. And I think it's not a good care, but you have feelings about it one way or the other. But in particular, when you're scorned, to your point earlier, both you guys, the, the biggest thing is when you're scorned. If you guys, if there's a mutual parting of the ways, if it's J.J. Water, if it's whatever, hey, we've had a really good run. There's things I still want to do. You're going in a different direction. Let's agree to just kind of part ways. It's different than Deshaun and Harden and guys that said, I don't want to be here anymore. You've done everything for me, but I'm not doing anything more for you. I need greener pastures and a better situation. And that's when you absolutely should flip them the bird the rest of their career. But you still watch to hope that they... That's still care. Yeah. Like, if you didn't yeah. care, you wouldn't be right. flipping the so bird. So now you're going to watch every move with <laughs> the middle finger to the to the air going, hey, but you know what? I want you to suck. Yep. 713-780-ESPN. HRB listener line. Uh, I'm tired of the Chaz is a fluke narrative that I've heard and read. It, it, it triggers me. I'll be honest. It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5.